It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I'm Cassie Wienis, registered and licensed dietitian. I want to thank all of you for joining us this morning, and as always, a special good morning to my two biggest fans, Riley, my five-year-old, and Rissy, my three-year-old. We have an especially important topic to share with all of you this morning, and as a mom, this is a topic that really tears at my heart. Today, we're going to be talking about childhood obesity which unfortunately is a growing epidemic in this country. And in studio today to share her nutrition knowledge on this subject is Kate Crosby. Kate is a nutrition counselor at our Lakeville office. She also teaches corporate classes for us. And currently, I believe you're teaching Nutrition for Weight Loss, the series in In Lakeville. Lakeville. Welcome, Kate. Thanks, Cassie. It's great to be here. And you're right. This is a really, really important topic. If we don't start changing the waistline of America's kids now, we're really going to be headed down a dismal road filled with an upcoming generation even more ridden with heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure. Oh, can at you a believe young it? Age. High blood pressure, yeah. When, Much worse mm. than what we're seeing now. Yeah. Yeah, the statistics are alarming. And when you look at how many obese kids are in this country, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, about 12 and a half million kids and teens in this country are obese. That's nearly 20% Whoa. of the kid population. That's huge. But, you know, even more alarming, Cassie, is the fact that if you look at how quickly this trend has occurred, you'll see that in just three decades, the number of obese kids in the U.S. has tripled. In just 30 years, we've mm-hmm. tripled that statistic. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense because when I think back yeah, 30 years 30 ago years. in grade school, I there was one overweight kid uh-huh. that I can remember, K through 12, small school. I knew everybody K through 12. Oh, wow. I love <laughs> it. Very small school. Well, but even yeah. if you look at old photographs, mm-hmm. uh, not you, but if I look well, at old photographs, know. you know, people, you know, 50 years ago and you see young children, they're all skinny. Yeah. They look skinny. Yeah. And that was the norm. It's sad. Yeah. So. It's sad. And when we're giving out these statistics here, we're talking about just the obese kids and teens. When you include the kids who aren't quite obese but certainly qualify as overweight, then it's one out of every three kids in this country that are carrying more pounds than they should. Okay. So the next logical question has got to be, why is this? Mm -hmm. What's going on? And I'm sure there are many, many factors at play. Right. But diet's a huge one. And since, of course, we're nutritionists, that's the course we're going to take, and that's what we're going to focus on today. And I pulled the research that I talked about for last week's show, um, because it really applies here. So some of you may have heard this already, but last week I quoted some research talking about which foods are most likely to put the pounds on And it's really interesting when you take a look at these Mm -hmm. foods because some kids today live on these foods. Yeah. Um, 
and and I think this is a really well done study from what I can tell. It's very large. It was done at Harvard. It's a hundred. They looked at over one hundred twenty thousand people over a period of four years. And these people were healthy <clears throat> and not obese. Mm-hmm. So, right, you get a good picture. This right. Is, yeah. And they found, you know, they looked at, okay, so over that four-year period, who is gaining weight and what are they eating? Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise. surprise. What, what they found. And they had a whole litany, and they ranked them um, in order by which foods cause the most weight gain. Number one was French fries. Uh-huh. Potato chips was up at the top of the list. Sugar-sweetened beverages, which what do you think of? Sugar-sweetened pop, beverages, pop. 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 And then trans fats, of course, um, was pretty high on the list, too. Yeah, interesting. So I guess the simple answer to why, why so many obese kids is really fries, chips, and pop. I think a lot uh-huh. of kids eat a lot of those foods. Yeah. What I thought of right away when I looked at this list and what ranked up near the <clears throat> top, I thought of fast food. Fast food is making us fat. That's yeah. That's the thought that came to my mind. Well, I know, and you know... You know that a ton of kids have their French fries in a sugary, sugary <sighs> beverage or pop or a very highly sweetened juice with that cheeseburger when they go to a fast food restaurant. That's part of the deal. Right. I was trying to find a statistic online this week that talked about how many kids or how many servings of fast food French fries oh. a kid eats. I couldn't find it. That would be fascinating. Wouldn't that be? But it, I did find a statistic in a couple different spots. I forget who was doing the research, but I found um, the same re- number repeated in a couple different spots. So I'm thinking it was true that 30% of kids today eat fast food every day. Oh, really? Can you imagine? No. <sighs> Wow. You know, and and talking about these things that ranked the highest for putting the pounds on Mm -hmm. adults or kids, and we Mm -hmm. talked about the French fries, the trans fats. You know, when you're at a fast food restaurant, most of the time, the French fries are deep fat fried in oil that contains trans fat. Absolutely. So another big culprit. mm -hmm. But, you know, even if you try to choose a healthy meal, say chicken salad, Something like that at a at a fast food restaurant. The chicken is usually cooked in margarine, and mm-hmm. there you go again. Margarine is full of trans fats. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you know, I think when I think of all this, I the easy answer, especially if your kids are young, I think the easy answer is to do what I do. And when my kids ask if we can go to McDonald's, or when we drive by, drive by the Burger King in Albertville and they see the Playland through the window mm. and they ask to go to Burger King. I simply say, honey, mommy loves you too much to let you eat that junk food. And we just stop the conversation right there. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's great. Now, didn't you say last week, Cassie, something uh, about this research, another component of the research that you were um, quoting earlier, looked at whole grains. So things like brown rice or wild rice, quinoa, those whole grains, how they affect metabolism versus how refined grains like White bread, white pasta, cereals, white rice, how those affect metabolism. Yes, that was another interesting piece of this study. And, you know, this is something Dar, the owner of Nutritional Weight and Wellness, she's been saying it for decades. And I think finally the research caught up with her. In this research piece done at Harvard, they were able to show that the refined or the highly processed carbs, like you said, cold cereal, granola bars, white bread, crackers, these things actually slow down the metabolism. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. The other piece that they showed was that the people eating whole grains like brown rice, I'm you know, and I'm not talking whole grains like cinnamon toast crunch. That's not a whole oh, grain. I'm yeah. talking real food whole grains like the brown rice, the quinoa. It didn't speed up their metabolism, but at least the metabolism stayed stable after a meal containing the whole grains. Okay. Well, that's significant. That's important. But I think what's even more important is something that we talk about a lot in our Jumpstart Your Metabolism class. And that's the research that shows that if you eat a serving size of animal protein, you know, a significant amount of animal protein at a meal, you've revved up your metabolism for several hours afterwards. Hmm. Interesting. So, now think about what kids eat. Right. Is there animal <laughs> protein in their breakfast? Great question. Yeah. I think a great okay. question is how many times did you feed your child animal protein yesterday? That's a great way I mean, to evaluate whether we're helping reduce that waistline. Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking with my daughter the other day, and she works at a camp for um, kids who are 6 to 12, about that age range. She was complaining because she was saying, Mom, I can't give them any snack that is a real food. Here are a list of the snacks that are offered at her camp. And this is fairly typical. This is nothing unusual, but this is just the way it goes these days. Crackers. Okay, we know that turns to sugar. Yep. Oreos, special day on Friday. Worse. Trans fats. Trans and fats sugar. and sugar. Juiced box drinks. Box drinks. <sighs> All sugar. Fruit roll ups. Fruit roll ups. Or fruit cups. They think they're doing a good thing. Fruit cups laden with high fructose corn syrup. Mm-hmm. She said there's nothing. And then there are a million meltdowns mm-hmm. about an hour later. Mm-hmm. And no one is making the connection between what's being fed. What is and, going on? Yeah, and the the behavior that occurs shortly thereafter. Yeah. Uh, well, it kind of reminds me of when I first moved out to Otsego, and this was, what, maybe almost three years ago, and I joined the Moms Club out there mm-hmm. to get to know people and to have something to do during the long winter months. <laughs> yeah. And so one of the first activities I hosted for the Moms Club was, the, I think they call it a muffin mixer, but it's basically a big... <laughs> right. Well, it gets worse, Kate. Um, It's basically a big play date over the brunch hour. And so every mom brings something. And then we all have a little something to eat. And the kids go play in the mom's visit. Well, by the very name of it, Muffin Mixer, I'm figuring, okay, this is going to be a lot of carbs. Mm. I'm going to have a meat and cheese tray. Because nobody else is going to bring protein. So I thought I'll be that balance piece. I was appalled. It was not just muffins. There were a couple of moms that made homemade muffins, but then it was the little Debbie snack cakes. Trans fast. Who in the world I feeds their kids breakfast? <laughs> little Debbie. And oh, then wow. the, the other one was a mom brought this um, grocery shopping bag, dumped it out on my counter, and it was all these little packages of gummy worms. Mm. And I remember these little, because I kept one to show as a junk food example when I teach, little snack packs of corn pops, that cereal that's oh, oh, yeah. sugar sure. and yeah. probably so trans fats. Corn. Yeah. <sighs> but, you know, these moms, these are great ladies. I know they weren't intentionally doing harm oh. to their kids. No. We just are getting a lot of misinformation about what is the right way to feed our kids. And do you know it's time for a break? Oh. I think I'm a little past, actually. We do hope you stay with us. When we come back, Kate is going to share six common claims we often see on food labels that are misleading, or in my words, downright false. 
And if you want to join our conversation this morning, call us here at the studio at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Dishing Up Nutrition has listeners in San Francisco, Miami, International Falls, and Billings, Montana. Whether you live in the Twin Cities or across the country, nutritional guidance is as close as your phone. Nutritional Weight and Wellness offers phone consultations for people at a distance or too busy for office appointments. Would you like to increase your energy, lower cholesterol, or resolve digestive problems? Here's how phone consultations work. First, complete a health history. Next, discuss your health goals with a nutritionist. Then she creates an eating plan for your biochemistry and lifestyle. You make the time, and Nutritional Weight and Wellness provides the plan and support. Make the call from the privacy of your home or office and get nutrition expertise from the people you trust. For information, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438. Outside the Twin Cities, call 888-805-8954, toll free. Or go to weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. This program is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life-changing nutrition. If you're just joining us, I'm Kate, and in studio with me is Cassie. We're nutrition counselors, and this morning we're talking about childhood obesity. When we went to break, Cassie mentioned I'd share the top misleading claims we often see on food labels. These are the top misleading claims as reported by the Center for Science in the Public Interest. And Cassie and I happen to agree on a lot. So here is part of this list. One thing that is often stated on the outside of um, different products is it is lightly sweetened. This is a term that the Food and Drug Administration has no regulations on. So we have no idea what that means. But it certainly sounds like it should be better. Like it should have less yeah. sweetener, but maybe it's just light-colored <laughs> sugar. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so another misleading claim or mis, mis, uh, meaningless claim is a good source of fiber. The product says it's got a good source of fiber. Well, now we're finding that fiber is added to many foods. Isolated fiber is what they use, Cassie. Mm-hmm. Something, uh, powders that are full of polydextrose. Poly meaning many. Many sugars. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Or another little clever wordsmithing um, phrase, strengthens your immune system. So if it has a little vitamin C, that's the tendency. I couldn't believe they could state that. So think about that. Like I'm, I'm imagining a big glass of orange juice they're going to put strengthens your immune system. Well, if you have a large glass well, of orange juice, all that sugar canceled out anything the vitamin C was going to do. Because that sugar paralyzes your immune Those, system. Yes. You're right. Or how about this one? Another phrase that's very misleading on food products is made with real fruit. <laughs> okay, so... Gerber's uh, fruit juice treats shows a picture of fresh oranges and pineapple on the on the cover of the juices, but the main ingredients are corn syrup, sugar, and white grape juice concentrate. I don't hear any fruit in there. I think there's some fruit roll-ups. I wish I would have stopped at the store and looked that say made 
with real with fruit. With real fruit. So w- that would probably speak to a mom. That reminds me of um, the little boy down the street this year in preschool. Somebody brought fruit roll-ups for a snack. And this mom is like the model mom in terms of growing her own food, mm-hmm. shopping at the co-op and feeding her kids so healthy. This kid had never seen a fruit roll-up in his life. Oh. And he came home and he told his mom, Mom, I had a new kind of fruit today. It was all different (laughs) colors and it was flat. We have to get some of that. (laughs) Oh, no. And that's how it starts, I guess. And that's how it starts. Made with whole grains is another misleading phrase. So Keebler's multigrain crackers say that they're made with toasted whole wheat. Sounds pretty healthy. But if you look at the ingredient label, it shows that the crackers contain more sugar than whole wheat. But it is made with a teensy bit, a bit of, of whole wheat, wheat so. so they can say that. Hmm. And the same, the phrase "all natural" is always confusing. Oh my so lord! So even products that contain high fructose corn syrup call themselves all natural, which you are that I one would blows really me away. Protest. Yeah. 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 So all right. those are six kind of. Uh, Hmm. Buyer beware. Buyer beware. Well, I always go back to what Michael Pollan said, that if it was a food when your grandmother or, you know, for some of us, we should say great grandmother was alive. If it was a food when your great grandmother was alive, eat it. Probably. If it wasn't, then it's probably not real food. Yeah. Yeah. So So you you were sharing with me. Well, you were sharing with me during break. The difference that you saw in your two kids that had a bit of an age span and the Uh, snacks. And I think that was a great example. So um, I have some, I have two boys who are 30 plus years old and a daughter in her early 20s. And when the boys were starting to play sports, you know, moms would bring halftime snacks. And it was always a real food. Sliced up oranges, maybe a little watermelon, sometimes grapes. Something like that. Okay? That was it. When Lucy started playing soccer and hockey and whatnot. And this is like how many years years later? Ten years later. Okay. Occasionally she'd get an orange. But by and large, it was a box drink, juice drinks, juice boxes, and fruit (laughs) roll-ups. Made with real fruit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so they say. The, The other kind of interesting thing that I noticed is... The boys never had, on their teams, there never were any um, accidents, broken bones, you know, Mm -hmm. very, very rarely. Or if it was, it was healed very quickly. On Lucy's teams, one year, three different girls broke three different bones. Oh, my Lord. An ankle, a collarbone, a wrist. And you wonder... Yeah. What was the connection? Is there a connection? We talk about how sh- too much sugar in your bloodstream leaches calcium Absolutely. from your bones. You know, it makes me think of, it, we're talking about childhood obesity today, but th- we know that there are so many other bad things that can happen when day after day kids are getting these junky foods. We're seeing a rise in autism, a rise in ADHD, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think a rise in asthma. And I think back yes. to when I was a kid. You were mentioning 30 years ago, mm-hmm. there wasn't near this level of obesity. 30 years ago, I didn't know a kid with asthma. I didn't know a kid with ADHD. I didn't know right. a kid with autism. Yeah. Boy, today I can name a lot. Yeah. yeah. And the food is uh, so much crappier. Yeah. And your it's story... More, and more refined. Uh, mm-hmm. Your story reminded me, too. I was visiting with... Um, 
one of my neighbors yesterday, and she was talking about how when her son started cross country and the coach told them, you know, you have to eat within 30 minutes after your run, you have to refuel and they had to bring their own snacks. And this this is that same mom that feeds her kids very well, mm-hmm. that has a garden and, and shops the co-op. And so she wanted to send fruit and water and, you know, healthy things. And the boy said no, you know, teenage boy, because he didn't want to be the oddball out. Because, Mm -hmm. you know what this mom said? She said, so we went to see what the other kids were bringing. Zebra Mm -hmm. cakes. What's a zebra cake? I think it's a Little Debbie snack cake. If it's not Little Debbie, it's like that. It's it's a white frosting with the black stripes. And it's it's trans fats and high fructose corn syrup. But she said that's what a lot of these kids had. And anything anybody had was certainly packaged if it wasn't per se the zebra cake. So in the so end, they agreed sugar. on they agreed on Laura bars, which I thought was a great brainstorming because then he got a packaged something. Yeah, the, he wasn't the odd kid out, you know. So there it was are good enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but man, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It is a hard thing. And you know, Cassie, one of the things that you and I really understand and know is that as moms, we're you know we're not intentionally no. trying to feed our kids unhealthy choices. I mean, part of the the focus needs to be some of this obesity problem really is is a result of misinformation. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of marketing <laughs> yes. creating that misinformation. Yes. Do we believe the marketers? Mm-hmm. You know, I right. Mean, right. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly. There's a lot of misinformation. I think, I mean, I look back to before I found Nutritional Weight and Wellness and some mm-hmm. of the things that were in my cupboard. And yes. I was a registered dietitian. Yep. I had Nutrigrain bars, which I would not touch with a 10-foot pole now. I had Yoplait yogurt yep. in my um, refrigerator, which I have now told my husband, don't you dare bring that stuff home. You'd be better bringing a Snickers bar home, <laughs> right. which he has a couple times. And that, that wasn't that's what I meant. Subject. But, yeah, that's another <laughs> subject. But, you know, it, it, and oh. I wasn't intentionally feeding myself wrong, but... I, when I look back subconsciously, I was influenced by marketing. Yep. I know I was. Nutrigrain. That very word healthy. sounds nutritious, nutrigrain. So I thought, well, rather than skip breakfast, this is probably something that would be okay. Yogurt. I didn't know you could choose a bad yogurt back then. Now I know exactly. there are a ton of junky ones. So we really... We really have to, you know, beware because the advertising agencies are spending billions of dollars a year to influence us. And it's working in a lot of cases. And who is that advertisement geared towards? <laughs> yeah. It's geared towards mom. Oh. It is geared towards mom. I know a lot of people think it's often geared towards kids and maybe there are a few commercials out there. But <clears throat> I know from past jobs where I've worked with marketing agencies that they gear their message toward mom because mom is the gatekeeper yep. in most households. Yep. She's going to be the ultimate decision maker in terms of what goes into the grocery cart and what gets into the house. So think about some of these newer commercials now right. with the kicks and the yep. cinnamon toast crunch. They're not putting a toy in the box so that the kid says, mom, mom, I want that. They're saying it's whole grain now. And mom buys and, it. And yeah, and people aren't getting enough fiber in this country. So feed your kids kicks and cinnamon toast crunch to get that whole grain. And exactly, mom buys it because it sounds healthy and moms want to do the healthy, healthy thing, thing for they their do. kids. They do. So, really, what is the goal of those uh, food companies anyway? Obviously, to sell more product. Right. So. 
Right. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Making money is we live in a democracy. Yeah. But if we as caretakers of the next generation are smart consumers and we realize the food company's mission statement involves increasing profit margins, not slimming down the waistlines of our kids, then we'll make better choices at the grocery store. I think that's bottom line. And it is time for our second break. Can you believe it? If you are at all inspired after what you've heard today to make some changes in the way your kids and in the way your whole family eats, stay with us. When we come back, Kate and I have a couple of classes to tell you about that can help walk you through the process of changing your nutrition to change your child's health for the better. And if you have questions regarding today's topic, 651-641-1071. Stay with us. talking about the tough topic of childhood obesity today. When we went to commercial break, Cassie mentioned we offer some classes at Nutritional Weight and Wellness that can help you walk through the process of making the necessary changes to improve the health of your whole family. And the one that I think is really the best at helping you to initiate these changes in your family's eating habits is our six-week series, the Weight and Wellness series. Anytime we're changing old habits, it takes time, and it often takes tiny baby steps to make the progress. So this class meets for two hours every week for six weeks, just allowing you enough time to make the right changes. It's great for parents wanting to get the whole family eating better. It's also great for individual adults who need a plan. Yep. People always report in these classes, and this is the the joy of teaching these classes. Mm -hmm. By about class two or three, everybody starts looking a little different. They are bright-eyed. They report they have more energy. They're more focused. And a lot of people have fewer aches and pains. It's amazing. This is a really, it's, it's, you know, sort of our bread and butter, and this is a wonderful, wonderful six-week series. Mm -hmm. But here's the cool thing. Right now, we are offering this typically six-week-long series in a weekend format. This is for people who don't have the ability to come every week in the evenings usually. So, is it next weekend? Two weekends. Two two weeks, yep. August 19th, 20th, and 21st in St. Paul, we'll be offering this typically typically six-week series series. in a three-day series. So, you'll... You'll start Friday night at 6, end at 9, Saturday morning 9 to 5, and Sunday 9 to one thirty. Highly concentrated, but you're going to get tons of wonderful information. Yep. So check our website. It's filling up fast, so check our website. Okay. Weightandwellness.com. Or if you don't want to use the, the Internet, call our St. Paul office at 651-699-3438. I am really excited because, and I was sharing this with you earlier, Kate, that my cousin is a client of Dar's, and she's from back home where I grew up. And so Dar said to her, you really need to come take this class. And now she has this opportunity because you can just make a quick weekend trip from North Dakota and take it. So she decides to take it, calls up my mom to see if mom wants to ride along to get to see me. And mom says, I think I'll take the class with you. No way. So I am so excited. Um, 
So I checked last night to see if their names were registered yet. I'm thinking they think they can just come to class. I'm going to call them today and say, you know what? Do you want me to register you guys? Because it it really is filling up fast. So if you're interested, um, try to make a decision soon because I really think we're going to fill this class up and we can only hold so many in that room. And I believe the teacher is Mary. Mary Hauge, one of our favorites, is one of the teachers. I think they're going to have three to handle it all. But Mary's doing a big chunk and I love, love the way she teaches. And if you're a nurse you get credits yep. um you know so if you're a nurse and need some continuing education credits this is a great way to get a bunch in a, a weekend and another class that's wonderful to start parents down the path of getting back to the basics and feeding their kids real food is my absolute favorite to teach and it's a one night class called foods to build happy focused kids and that class is coming up this thursday august 11th in invergrove heights from 6 to 8 p.m., I believe Kristen Gunderson is teaching this. Um, she's a real dynamic, fun teacher. Again, go to our website if you want to learn more, or you can sign up right on the website as well, weightandwellness.com, or you can call our office, 651-699-3438, for more information on that class. Um, well, we have a whole lineup of callers, Kate. Well, I guess we better one. start answering Lynn, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Good morning. Good morning. Did you have a question for us? I have a, well, kind of a same kind of question area for a couple topics. Okay. Um, it's one of them is something I've had a question of for quite a while, but last night shopping, it kind of came up with an item where it just slapped me in the face. I was buying um, some breakfast syrup for pancakes for my son, and I came across Log Cabin, which, of course, I grew up with, and it's you know, you think it's the one that's the most healthiest. Well, the label says no high fructose, high fructose corn syrup. Right. So I looked at the ingredients, but there's corn syrup. So my long-standing <laughs> question has been, what is the difference between high fructose corn syrup and corn syrup? And is it better not, you know, to have just corn syrup? But that's so that's one question. Another question goes back to with my son and drinks. He loves Coca-Cola. He loves any drinks, of course, as a kid. And all of them, most of them have high fructose corn syrup. Well, then he goes to vitamin water, and that has cane sugar. So I'm trying to figure out what I can, you know, I know I'm the parent, and I can say no, and I do often. But he, you know, there's times when he wants something, and he wants something, and I want him to have it healthy, so I'm trying to find a balance. But here I am quickly trying to ask two type of questions. So Mm -hmm. I hope that those make sense. Oh, those are great questions. Do you want to just hang up and listen to the answers? Or I can listen just in case you want me to. Yep, nope, that's anything. fine too. So, with the, you know, and Kate, jump in at any time Absolutely. here, but the log cabin, um, isn't that interesting? Because there you go, billions mm-hmm. of dollars spent every year on marketing. You know that they put that nice big, you know, no. um, banner across the front, no high fructose corn syrup, because that speaks to mom. But mm-hmm. let's throw corn syrup in instead. Not a whole a lot, lot of, of difference. difference. So put it back on the shelf. Um, we do pancakes probably once a month for a treat at our house, and we buy organic, real maple syrup. So that's really the way to go on that one. And then just don't overdo it on that because still. You know, I was listening to a story uh, the, the other day that someone was talking about when her son had friends over and they had pancakes and real maple syrup. And these kids were used to using... Like a log, log cabin, cabin or Aunt Jemima. A plate full of maple syrup, you know, which is like $5 on the plate. <laughs> Eight. So, and, 
my idea store. would be make a dipping spot for your pancakes. Good, good one. And I do that with the kids often. Um, and they love my kids are young, so they love to dip. But that's a good way to keep it in control too. I I use little shot glasses because yes. Lord knows I don't use my shot glasses for anything else anymore. <laughs> and the kids dip them in there. And then your other question, um, oh. you know, the pop, the vitamin water pop is just awful. You know, we all know that probably teenagers are going to have it sometimes because they're not always in our control. But certainly I would personally wouldn't allow it in the house. Vitamin water. You know, it's interesting you bring that one up. I need to go look at that label because I've had a lot of questions about vitamin water lately. But if you've noticed on there that it is made with sugar, at least it's plain old sugar. Um, So it's probably the lesser of the two evils, but it's still a lot of sugar. You know, something I've been letting Riley do. Fortunately, my my little girl does not like pop. Love Mm -hmm. it. But Riley got a taste of it and loves it. And every once in a while for a treat, usually if we're going to go to the lake, I'll buy that um, Zevia. Have you seen that? Yes. If you look at the natural section of any grocery store, there's a pop in the natural section called Zevia. Z-E-V-I-A. And instead of sugar, instead of artificial sweetener, it has stevia, you know, the natural sugar, or excuse me, not a sugar, it's a natural sweetener. It's made from a plant. It doesn't do anything to your blood sugar. Um, and I think it's, it's quite a good tasty. Alternative. It's a I really, had one. Yeah. It's still not, you know, not real. Like, it's yeah. not as good as water, but yeah, it's a good alternative. So those are some, some options. Does that help, Lynn? Maybe we did lose her. So okay. I'm going to, ooh, should we take, let's try one, one more. more caller um do i take line two or line three three is ready to go hi jody welcome to dishing up nutrition hi there see i've got two quick questions myself um i was wondering you mentioned yogurt what is a good yogurt i've heard greek yogurt but then they have the zero fat you know i know plain is good and um but then the full fat and if you even have name brands if that's possible and then the other one is I love my healthy coffee in the morning, and I like to add cream. And I know in the past I have heard you talked about almond milk or coconut creamer, or I just use the organic half and half, and I just want to make sure I'm using the right thing, you know, the best ingredients in my coffee. And I add stevia with it a little bit. Oh, you've good. been listening to us for a while. Mm-hmm. I think you're doing lots of great things. Um, <laughs> good. Yeah. Kate, do you want to take either one of those? Well, for yogurts, you know, I would probably recommend an unsweetened Greek yogurt is fine. Full fat would be the best. Which is hard to find. Yeah. Even a 2% probably Mm -hmm. is good enough, a 2% Greek yogurt. But what we often find in Greek yogurts is the fact that it's a little higher in protein, so it's a little more balanced. And a little less carbs. And a little less carbs. Love that. So that's kind of cool. mm -hmm. And you can always, if you're at the store and you just can't find the two percent or the full fat you can add you know walnuts on top or just have a handful of almonds on the side to get your your good good fat fat in okay and as far as your coffee and and cream you know i my favorite is that you just use the heavy cream in your coffee love that had that on the drive to the studio (laughs) this morning lots of heavy cream but an organic half and half if you like that flavor better is fine too but um don't be afraid of the full fat it is such 
a treat and you have to eat fat to get skinny is what we always say, right? So, and it keeps that blood sugar stable. Right, exactly. So great questions. Thanks for calling Thank in. You. We have to take our final break of the hour. I guarantee you, you don't want to miss the end of the show because when we come back, we have a healthy chicken, chicken nuggets recipe to tell you about that your kids will love. So if your kids are already hooked on those McDonald's chicken nuggets and you're thinking they might have withdrawals, if you tell them no more, never fear. We'll have the recipe for you when we come back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Back to our topic of childhood obesity. As all of the regular listeners know, this is a weekly program committed to empowering you with the right information that will allow you to make the right food choices for your best health. And one of the many messages I hope we've gotten across today is that there are a lot of great recipes out there. And I am going to talk about one right now. Um... This is Dar's Healthy Chicken Nuggets recipe. This is an alternative to the other processed ones. So you begin with something called almond meal. Pretty so, readily available these days. I mean, I can sure give you that is. Coburn's. You just got to be okay. in the right aisle. Mm-hmm. Really? Okay. If you don't have it, basically all it is is ground up almonds, raw almonds ground up. Mm-hmm. You could grind it up in your blender or food processor if you have one. So you grind those up. Add some poultry seasoning and salt. Put that in one sort of plate-like bowl. And then you take skinless, boneless chicken breasts and cut them up into nugget size, Mm -hmm. however big you want them. Another um, sort of low bowl is going to be full of an egg that you've beaten. And you're going to dip your little chicken breast pieces in the egg and then roll it in the almond meal spice mixture. Uh Uh-huh. Put it on an oiled cookie sheet. Bake it for 20 to 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Really, really tasty. Um, this is a recipe that is this on, this is on our website. This yeah, is on our I website. From there. Yeah. Um, and I'm, does it say what temperature? Yep. It is 350 for 20 to 30 okay. minutes. They are good. I have not had these, but they sound Really, really good. I know that that almond meal can make things really kind of crispy and moist. Moist. I mean, it's such a neat, yeah, flour. Even if you don't have to be gluten-free, it's it's just a delicious flour to use because you think of the healthy fats and almonds, it's still in that almond flour, and it makes, like you said, for a very moist product, but it can get crispy on the outside. Delicious. So, yeah, great idea for kids that like their chicken nuggets. Let's um, take a collar. We have... Tina on line two, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Hi, I have a question about snacks. I know you mentioned the fruit, but can you give me some suggestions for other snacks that travel well? Absolutely. You know, I don't know if we've mentioned it yet this hour. We usually talk about it a few times before the end of any hour. But um, when you're feeding your kids, it's best to try to remember that the magic number is three. A protein, a healthy carbohydrate, and a healthy fat. Those three things about every three hours. So thinking, yeah, and so thinking three things, a snack that travels well, if you have a fruit, that's always easy. You grab that fruit, whether it's an apple, um, grapes travel well, any kind of berries. I'm just thinking of finger foods if you're wanting things that travel well. What about the protein piece? Well, how about a beef stick? Our kids... 
I shouldn't say this. They did love these, and I OD'd Uh-oh. them. Yeah. I still eat them. I got to take a break for a bit with them. I think I, I OD'd them on the Thousand Hills Cattle Company. Um, but there were times when Rissy would eat three of them. Oh, my. I know. These look like She's little growing. skinny hot dogs. Yeah, they're, they're like the size of a cheese stick. So mm-hmm. um, Thousand Hills Cattle Company, or you could probably find other brands at like a Whole Foods or a co-op. I get my... Thousand Hills Cattle Company beef sticks at Coburn's. All of the co-ops also carry them. One beef stick, a piece of fruit, and a handful of almonds um, is a great snack that has all three components. Hard-boiled egg. Those are easy. Those are easy. Maybe some carrots and a ranch dip. And don't we have a good ranch dip on the... My favorite. On our website, um, there's a great ranch dip that you could have made ahead and that would travel well. It's excellent. Mm-hmm. It's just a mixture of sour cream, mayonnaise, a good mayonnaise, like the... Un- like the unre- Yeah, unrefined safflower mayonnaise, and a few spices. Um, let it sit overnight to, to really get the flavors to fill out. My kids love... I love, love that, that dip. They just go wild. So that would be your healthy fat. So those are a couple of different options. If your kids can do d- dairy, a cheese stick, a piece of fruit, um, you know, and nuts. some some nuts again is always a good choice. And then we also had, thank you for your call, Tina. Thank you. We also had a caller that didn't want to go on air but wanted some breakfast ideas for an 18-month-old. Um, you know, I, I was trying to think back when my kids were 18 months old, they pretty much ate whatever we were eating, I just put it in. I had a little bitty food processor that I could just throw their food into. So if we were having hamburger, I would throw hamburger in the food processor for them. Mm-hmm. And and we do very non-traditional things at our house for breakfast. So that would not have been unlikely. Another thing that's great for 18-month-olds is avocado, a ripe avocado smashed with banana. So maybe, oh, I don't know. You, you know, everybody knows about how much they're... 18-month-old is going to eat at any Mm -hmm. one meal, but do it 50-50. So if you did a a half a cup or, excuse me, a quarter cup worth of avocado, do a quarter cup worth of a very ripe banana and smash that together, and it kind of makes a a green pudding. It's delicious. Sweet potatoes at breakfast time. Love those. Real sweet potatoes that you just mash up. Put a little organic butter on top. That's another great idea. And I gave my kids a lot of egg yolks. Mm -hmm. If you're getting your eggs from grass-fed chickens, they are packed with Mm omega-3s. And we know those omega-3 fats are so important for that that little child's brain development and healthy development of their eye as well, the the, the retina. The retina. Mm-hmm. So those are some um, breakfast ideas there. I don't even know what we were talking Where about when we, we last. Well, and just how much... helping people take responsibility for right. what their kids eat. Um, you know, we just want to help them feed their kids well. Right, right. And, and to realize, I think, on that note, Kate, a lot of moms out there are thinking they're feeding their kids well, but I hope what this show makes you do is to step back and really be a smart consumer and think about truly where am I getting my most of my nutrition information from? Mm-hmm. Because if you're getting it from a TV commercial, for example, you know, Cinnamon Toast Crunch that says, moms, oh, these are whole please. grains for your kids. Or if you're getting it from from the box that says all natural, if you're being influenced by that, then that's not the best place to get your information. And it is time then for a change. And I cannot believe we're almost at the top of the hour. So oh, um, 
Just wrapping up thoughts on this show, I just want to say it is certainly no secret that we are the most overfed and undernourished people in the world. It is time for a change. Our kids are in trouble if we don't start that change now. I mean, anyone watching the statistics knows the outlook for the next generation is not good. And it's not just obesity that is on the rise. It's type 2 diabetes. It's autism. It's ADHD. And it's related to what our kids are eating. Now, if you're looking for something positive in all of this, which we always are, it's that food matters. Yes, there is a direct link, isn't there, Kate, between what Mm -hmm. your child is putting in his or her mouth and how they feel. And most certainly there is a link between what your child is eating and what the number on the scale is reporting. Food matters. It's that simple and it's that important. And believe me, I speak from experience when I say eating right, eating real food isn't always the easy way, but it's the right way for your kids and for you. Because despite all the phenomenal advances in medical treatment, the food your child is putting in their mouth day in and day out remains key to their overall health. So let real food be your child's solution to a healthy and long life. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.